0: The Elise DeLucci Show, episode 61. How are you doing? How was your weekend? Fact of the day. Do you know the number one fear in the United States? It's not dying. The number one fear in the United States is public speaking. That outranks financial ruin, death, sickness. Is that not something? 75% of Americans are afraid of speaking in public. I mean, of course that makes sense though. Everybody knows you go up on stage or you go up to the podium, whatever the hell you do, your palms might get clammy, you're sweaty all of a sudden, you're forgetting your lines, you're forgetting what you have to say, even if you had it written down right in front of you as a speech. Even even for, for some people, just walking across the stage to get your your, your diploma at graduation is a, is a whole sweat fest. You get the under boob sweat, you know, the whole thing. Let me tell you something. I, I used to be so afraid of, um, not public speaking. I was just, I just had stage fright. I just had stage fright. And I, you know, I don't know. I, 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 I I was so bad. I was doing it. uh, I had a a very short, um, television show, um, a, a few years ago where I was interviewing people, um, don't ask it's a, it's, it, it was it was for a, a job that I was at but the but the short version okay the short version is uh, I was fine it was in studio not in front of a studio audience although it was a ground floor studio in Times Square so you know people were watching um and from the street and I wasn't nervous then but but for whatever reason if there was a big crowd of people pressed against the glass watching you know whatever I I did have this little bit of nerves so I I, I, I was then I was in voice, uh, voiceover lessons for, for whatever. And then, I, and my voiceover teacher had said, Hey, why don't you go take improv? It'll loosen you up. And then one of the producers on the show also had said to me, why don't you go take improv? It it'll, it'll, um, calm some of this craziness you get. And you had when people are watching and I, and I did, and I started doing improv and it really helped. It re, it really, really helped. And then of course, you know, like a real glutton for punishment. I'm like, I'll do stance up, <laughs> but, but, uh, but you know what? I, am the more times I go on stage, the, the less I am nervous, and, I mean, so, for example, the first time I went on stage indoors, as you know, was in Florida a month ago, um, in 13 months, the first time I was indoors on stage in 13 months was in Florida, uh, which was a month ago, and I was so Nervous, I don't even know why. There was like 50 people in the crowd, they're regular people just like me. They're like me, I'm like them, we're all the same. And I, why be, why am I so nervous about that? I just was, I don't know, I don't know what, what it's about. You know, who has, you know, who's notorious, it has notorious, is notorious for stage fright, Barbara Streisand. She does, she's she she has um terrible stage fright to this day. She was in little story. She, years and years ago, I don't know, the like 30, 35 years ago, she was in Central Park doing a concert and she forgot the lines to, uh, one some of the lines in her song, just totally went blank out of her head, didn't say anything, just stood there and she didn't go back on stage for 27 years, 27 years. The only time Barbara was back on stage in that 27 year period was to do, Charity events or fundraisers. She wouldn't take any money. She felt like she should not. She she should not be on stage charging people money, taking money. Nothing of this sort because of her stage fright, and she forgot the lines that time. So the few appearances that she made singing were um were were, were for free. And, uh, and then, you know, and and then I guess she decided to give it a go again. But if you ever notice when she is in concert, her stage, the stage is always dark, you know, and it's dim lighting. And yes, of course, women only look good in candlelight and moon. But, but that part of the reason why that's done is because she just has such stage fright. She wants to look out into the audience and see just black, absolute darkness. I get it. Did you watch the Oscars? Okay, I have a lot of opinions on the Oscars. I'm not going to spend the whole episode talking about the Oscars. I did not love them. This was our 93rd, the 93rd uh, Academy Award show. It was the, it was the worst. It was the worst. First of all, it was in a friggin' train station. Okay, a train. I, you know, listen. I understand. This is this is a crazy. This is a crazy year. Last year was a crazy year. This is crazy times we're living in, right? I, we don't need to get all go on about this. Everybody knows what the hell has been going on. What misery it's been. I get it. Maybe they'd want to do, they'd want to do it a little different, you know, you know. Uh, I I don't know. Have it have it in a different location. Switch it up a little bit. But a train station. The guy who did that. First of all, me and my boyfriend were sitting on the couch. Okay, we're watching this thing, and it, you know, I was not really paying that much attention. I was really like to the, to the, the, um, stage and the room. I was more honed in on, uh, what Regina King was saying when she, when she first got on. And I was look, trying to, you know, look at the outfits, which by the way, I didn't even think were that great. I did not. Did you think these outfits were that great? Nothing blew me away. Absolutely nothing blew me away. And, um, Anyway, but after about ten minutes into the show, I start to look at the room, and I'm like, "What? What is this weird room they're in?" I'm like, "It's narrow. <laughs> like, it's 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 narrow. It feels it feels like strange. It feels cheap." I said it. I said to my boyfriend, "I said this feels like the lobby to a hotel outside Philadelphia. What? What is going on here?" I didn't know what what where they were at this point. You know, um, th- there was no podium. It was a podium. It was just the mic, just 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 a just just a, a strange black mic stand, you know, with two two mics coming out of of the top, like like two tulips. No no podium. I think there was like a little tiny rectangles thing, short thing, completely unflattering if you're standing next to it because you're just automatically bigger than it. And uh, and the stage was round, and, and a few people tripped up the stage. I mean, well, what the hell? So then I look it up. David Rockwell designed it. David Rockwell's a famous architect. He also designed Caroline's Comedy Club in Manhattan, okay? Just for reference, he said apparently this, this space, when he walked into the space, the Union Station in L.A., it felt like it was a room within a room, and he wanted to do it. You want to know why? I thought it was horrible. I thought it was horrible. I, I Who am I to judge? I'm just one viewer, right? But the, the few people that I spoke to today about the Academy Awards also thought it was horrible, David, okay? I'm curious to know what you guys thought of this because, you know, first of all, I love watching the award shows. Okay. I don't always get to watch them because, you know, maybe I'm out performing or my kids or whatever, but when I'm home and they're on, I am excited. You know, I wash my hair. I blow out my hair. I usually put on my good pajamas. I got the snacks prepared and that was what it was last night. And I'm sitting on the couch and I'm so excited. Cause I'm like, Oh, I'm dying to like have a good laugh and see what everybody's wearing. Get, have a little escapism. This was not escapism. This was depression watching this, okay? This I was completely depressed. I was not... I did not love all the gowns. I didn't think the gowns were great. There was one girl, and I don't know her name, and I, I apologize. I don't know her name. I, I apologize. I don't know her name. She had a gold... It looked like a gold chain metal meshy sort of dress. One shoulder had kind of a cutout gown. She was a black girl. She was very pretty. Um, she And the, the, her dress, I thought, was was beautiful. I mean, I, I it was... I couldn't wear a dress like that because I can't be, can't be showing my skin so much like that because it would just hang over like, 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 I don't know, like, like leftovers, but, but that I thought was a beautiful gown. I didn't really think anything else. I didn't, I had nothing else really blew me away. Uh, Zendaya, that yellow thing she wore, she said it was a nod to Cher. I, no. Let it just stay on share. Let it stay on share in the 70s, because I, 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 I was so distracted. It was like half a bikini top and half a gown. The cutout was like the size of a cantaloupe on your upper stomach. I don't even like this look. I don't like all these cutouts. And let's talk about this. Who? Not, I don't know about you, okay, because I obviously don't know what you look like. Well, you girls or guys, but but who, who, who these cutout clothes are for? Are for people that have no fat on their bones? These people, these these cutout outfits and gowns, they're for people that when you stand on the uh, profile, you stand you you turn to the side, you just see like a nice flat line. Me, I look like a sausage encased in a silk stocking, bulging out. This is what I look like when I put on my Gap jeans, let alone a cutout gown. I would, I couldn't. I just don't get it. I don't get it. But I wasn't impressed. I didn't love it. And um, you know what else I miss? Like some of the things, let me tell you, forget even the environment and the stage. But um, I missed hearing when when people were winning. I missed hearing, you know, this is the first, you know, uh, award for so-and-so, or this is the first time she's been a nominee. I miss hearing that. I missed having some comedy. I miss seeing clips of the movie. I miss performances. Let me ask you, because I would love to know, and I didn't read anything about this thing. Only last night when I was like, you know, when I was curious to see how they came up with this layout. um, Why did they take away the comedy of the whole thing? Why did they not have somebody funny hosting it? Why didn't they have musical performances? Like, even if they are streamed in, you know, Aerosmith, in, 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 you know, in a garage in, in San Francisco doing a thing and they're streaming it in, why are they not showing clips of the movie? Why, why, why? Why when they were doing the, the In Memory Of at the, at the back of, you know, at the end of the show? Why... Why were they blowing through that so fast? It was like they it first of all, so many people passed away. It was so sad. It was like they were squeezing in 75 names in 60 seconds. It was making me nervous. And then they did best picture. They did best picture before they did best actor and actress. Why? 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 You know who stole the show for me? Tyler Perry. Tyler Perry. Bravo! Bravo to you, Tyler Perry. I I love him. I love him. I love him. I love what he said last night. I love how he t- If you don't if you didn't see it, Google it. You, YouTube the clip. Um Oscars 2021, Tyler Perry speech, he, he 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 basically talked about how his mother taught him to always help other people. And, um, and, and Whoopi Goldberg spoke and she said how he helped so many people during the pandemic and fed people that, that, that were in need and gave shoes to people. I mean, literally that was it for me. And then there was another woman. There was another woman that uh, did it for me and she was very funny. She was a recipient I think she was a Korean woman. Brad Pitt uh, uh, gave her the award. I don't remember what category it was for. I think she was a Korean woman, and she was, like, in her 70s. And she was hilarious. She was hilarious. I don't even know. She was just unconventional and hilarious. And, and that was, I don't know if you saw it, but that, that was what did it for me. Everything else sucked. I thought it sucked. I was disappointed. My opinion is that I want to watch these shows and I want to be transported to a dream world. I want to not be in my house. I don't want to be in my life. I want to just be transported to Hollywood. I want to see glamorous dresses I'm probably never going to wear. I want to see makeup that's been crafted, beautifully put on. And by the way, speaking of makeup, Halle Berry, uh, who is a stunning, st- one of the most beautiful women, in my opinion, on the planet. She had a the, a haircut that I looked like a it looked like a child's haircut, a China chop haircut. Looks like a China chop haircut from the 1960s that my mother had in her picture when she was three years old. Short to the cheekbone, you know, short, straight, straight to the cheekbone. And then sh- very short, high, straight across bangs. And her makeup, it, her makeup was, it, it was like no makeup. You know, the, the no makeup makeup look, this was what this was like. But it was almost worse because under the eye, it was like, an apricot color, you know, so it, or like a or a sable, and then some sable on the ends, a sable color. Like she looked exhausted. Holly Berry, you're not exhausted. You've been sleeping all 2020 during the pandemic. Can, can you put some lipstick on, please? Can you put some lipstick on, please, for the rest of us? Oh, I'm so yeah. I want to watch the show. I want to be transported. I want to see the glamour. I want to see the glitz. You know what? Throw in a few stretch limos in there. Oh yeah, baby. I want to see that too. I I love it. I love it the scene and be seen the CNBC, scene I love the commentary I love all the funny jokey jokes I like when when they're all dramatic I'd like to thank the academy no one's doing that up there last night no one's doing that and and on the venue, and I, I this is such a tangent cuz you know I write down like little things I might you know talk about on the show but cuz then I get all fired up I get all fired up I don't know why I just have to say this again they picked the train station if you're going to pick a train station why don't you pick the 42nd Street subway station? That's a beautiful subway station. It's gigantic. You got lots of space. You got columns. You got some tiles on the wall, mosaics. It feels very original, <laughs> you know what I mean? But this place, I get it. Why? Because it had like, I would not had, I was just about to say it it's scaffolding up in the ceiling. This is how, this is how. what a New Yorker I am. You know, it had those things It had like, it had like, 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 like uh, beams. That's what it is. A beam, wooden exposed beams. I, I just, I just was not for me. Why don't you have it in a big, big, big theater as you normally would, or, or a big giant venue with a big grand stage and the beautiful red velvet curtain and maybe the gold tie back. Very, you know, very traditional Hollywood, Hollywood glamor ties. And why don't you have all the tables spaced out the little cocktail tables and just have so many of them? Why, why, why not? I I do not understand and I didn't love it. It looked like the lobby of the of the Holiday Inn outside Philadelphia to me and the coloring was strange. It was like um a royal blue. It was like a royal blue that you know the 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 velvet curtain was royal blue. It was a curtain that was covering a window. I mean, you could see that it was covering an arch window really. And the colors of the, it had, the the floor was a navy blue hotel, like, Berber carpeting, okay, the, the, the stairs were, like, a a walnut colored, you know, veneer paneling, you know, on the stairs, and then there was, like, silver and, like, pewter chairs, and then there was, like, champagne golds around, it looked like a funeral, okay, honestly, just, no, (laughs) no, 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 God, God, Cheetah Rivera looked gorgeous, I'll tell you that, but of course she did, because she's a real star, she's a real glamorous star, of course she did, she had a beautiful jacket, I don't know if it was fur or whatnot, but like a maroon color, and big dangly earrings, I want, I, I love that, anyway, anyway, I uh, I went to a bridal shower yesterday for my cousin, uh, my cousin-to-be, my cousin Francesca, New Jersey, really cute place, it was in New Brunswick, New Jersey, it was like a bistro, B two bistro or something. It was so cute. The food was delicious. Um, she's a baker. She, my my cousin. I don't know what she does by day. I should ask her, Francesca. But she's she's a great baker. And and her, and her family. They they threw this beautiful shower. And they they um you know like everything. You know, some, sometimes you go to these showers. You know, you are you are you Italian or, or are you Jewish or Greek. You know, are you one of these cultures like me where you know the sh- all the showers and stuff is a big deal. Everything, some of these showers, you go, everything looks so beautiful. Like they had the little, you know, the, the little, um, cookies on the table, you know, um, and they were made out of, uh, you know, on the, the top of the plate and a little beautiful cellophane bag with a ribbon and the, and, you know, and they were like an engagement ring and a, and a box. It was just like, you know, I don't know if it's fondant. I don't even know. I don't even know. This is how pretty they were. They were so pretty. I couldn't, there was cupcakes looking like roses and, and, and a big, cake you know big fondant cake with like looked like it had lemons and grapefruit on it made out of icing everything everything was just so pretty in them the the table um you know your 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 tape place cards were little lemons they were real lemons with your name on a sticker it was just so cute it was it was like it was like fruit and fresh fresh freshish theme and it was adorable and I love her. And then today when I got the mail, I got a her wedding invitation and oh my god, the, you know what? There's nothing I'm sorry, there was nothing like an Italian wedding invitation. There's just not. This thing comes in the mail. First of all, it's $4 to mail this thing. It was just $4 on the right. This is how much it was to mail it. but gigantic envelope, you know, big envelope, big big square card and the and you know, I they took it out, it was so heavy. And the, if, you know, it, it, um, you fold it open, you know, you open it like it's, it's, um, I don't even know how to describe this, you know, but it's like, it's like a car, like, it's not like a regular car where you just open one side and it's not just a, a one square piece. It's like, you know, you fold it open, but it had this like rhinestone clasp on the top, on the front, heavy, you know, metal, with you know, the rhinestones and it had like a latticing that looked like, you know, that was supposed to be like lacy on top of it. It was so pretty, so pretty. Eh. I, I I opened the card. I was I said to myself, this has to be a $10 wedding invitation. A $10, this is a, definitely a $10 wedding invitation. And then another $4 to me out. My daughter's like, money. what are you talking about? I'm just like, nothing, nothing. I'm doing I'm doing what every other woman does when they get a wedding invitation. But it's so nice. I don't even want to put it on my bulletin board or on my refrigerator. I don't even think it'll stay up with a magnet on the fridge because the thing's so damn heavy. And it's beautiful. It's like the Queen's invitation, really. So um I am in a t v pilot which is exciting I can't tell you the name and really any of the details and it's not my project so i can't, i can't you know but it's a it's a it's a mob show it's a, it's a comical mob show um and uh yesterday morning before the shower i was in jersey shitty sh- <laughs> Jersey shitty, did you hear that? I was in Jersey shitty, Freudian slip, Freudian slip, sorry everybody if you're from there and I said that, uh, I was in Jersey city shooting some promo stuff and it was really fun and you know it's, uh, I had to get up at like 6 in the morning on the Sunday to do this but it's it's so fun being around all these creative people, one of the people that, one of the guys, the actors in the show, Bobby Finero, he, um, he was in The Sopranos, uh, he played in The Sopranos, uh, Eugene Pontecorvo um, and he's good good actor, good actor, you know, and I'm in, I'm in there, like, you know, like, I'm like, always oh, the craft services table, which is the food table, you know, like, and I'm looking, at like, oh, look, they got bagels and cream cheese, and so, yeah, 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 bottled water, that's nice, yeah, it's very, you know, it's just, it's, it's just a, it's a different thing, but you know, we got together and I had to film some promos for the pilot. Uh, we didn't shoot the pilot yet, but we had to film some promos for the pilot and, and mine were funny. Uh, one of mine, I was giving a master class, you know, like tongue in cheek kind of thing. And, um, it, it was good. Very, very good. I'm excited for it. I'll tell you more details as I find out. I'm going to ask them if I could talk about it. Cause why not? Why shouldn't I be able to talk about it? I should be able to talk about anything. You know what I'm saying? Um, on the show note, I do want to tell you though, um, I'm waiting for, uh, the uh, theaters to get me some flyers, but I with my uh with pictures and, and information on them. But I'm doing some some big shows coming up. I'm doing um a big show on May 15th at the uh the the Morristown, NJ pack the Morristown Performing Arts Center. I'm gonna be opening for Mike Marino and Tammy Pescatelli. These are two hilarious Italian American comics. You guys, I mean, honestly, if you're in New Jersey, you definitely should come out for the show. I think that it's a big theater, but I think it's only seating, they're only seating 200 or 250, uh, for this show, but that's May 15th. And then I'm also in New Jersey on May 20th. I'm at, um, I'm at doing another show with Mike Marino opening for him. That's uh, at a restaurant, actually. Restaurant shows are always harder than theater shows because people are eating and there's banging around and silverware and everything. And who's, you know, people listening to the comics on, on stage. I mean, you know, but that, but that will still be good, um, and then, then some other stuff coming up later in the year. Another one at an NJ Pack Theater in Bergen County. Another one at the Saint George Theater in Staten Island. So, I mean, look, these are these are big. These are big shows. These are big deals. I'm really excited. Um, I do stuff in the city. I do stuff in Manhattan all the time. But um, for my uh, audience, my kind of stand up. I mean, you know, I have a, a, an Italian American following, and so. Um, not to say that we're not in the city because we are, and I, I'm in the city and I play the clubs in the city, but there's more, uh, excuse me, Mike and Tammy that have been doing this forever. They, um, you know, th- there's just more, I guess the Italian American, their crowd, their crowd, their audience is all over the country. So uh, maybe not so much in Manhattan, I don't know. So, um. So that, that's a big thing. I'm excited about that. And when I get the details, I'll tell you the actual details. And I'll post it. But but as of right now, I know for certain, May 15th at the uh, Morristown, New Jersey Performing Arts Center. May 15th at a Saturday night, 7 p.m. show. So I will be there opening. Um, and I hope to see you guys there. It's going to be so fun. Uh, so fun. Um, oh, my ex-husband. He's on vacation with his girlfriend right now. Yeah, can you imagine? I mean, not even can you imagine. Really, who gives a shit? Who gives a shit at this point? Last week, I had a whole episode, you know, where I just went off. I just went the hell right off. And you know what? Damn right I did because I was so angry that he introduced my kids to his girlfriend without telling me. I mean, the nerve of you, right? The absolute freaking nerve of you. And, you know, just to dig the knife in. then this week, he's whisking her away to St. Lucia. I'm like, what kind of money do you have, guy? What kind of money do you have? Because really? Because I just bought the kids some flip-flops and imitation crocs at Target, and I want half the money, okay? I, mean, I don't even, first of all, can we talk about this for a second? And then I'm going to get back to him. Okay, I'll get back to his ass in a second. And I tell you all the time, you know, I love the guy. I mean, I'm always going to love him. We're, we're good friends, but St. Lucia. He's like, she needed a break. I'm like, from what? She doesn't work. She has no kids. What the hell does she do? No, she works. She has no kids. She said, what is she so tired about? Please, please. But anyway, today I was shopping on Target and, uh, for, you know, you know, but first of all, I don't even, I don't, I love, I love Target. This is so funny. Amazon, I'm, a, I, well, I don't, I would never go to like a little Amazon store. If there was an Amazon store, I'm not going there. I love to shop on Amazon, right? They're recommenders, everything, every recommendation engine, everything's perfect on Amazon. I like shopping on the gap.com. I love shopping on the gap. I just think that the website's good. The user experience is good. I hate shopping on the Target website. I just hate it. Do you? Do you like this website? I think the website's a horror show. First of all, every five seconds I'm on the show. I'm on the freaking website. A, a, a 4C survey comes up. Would you like to tell tell a quick survey about our, your experience? I'm like, I'm gonna have no experience with you in five seconds because you keep that puppet of a fucking survey every time I'm trying to order the leggings. There's like a timer in my shopping cart. You're giving me anxiety. This is not a pleasant experience. I get the timer, and you know, and. 60 more minutes, your shopping cart's going to empty, and it's like, listen, I'm trying to buy clothes for kids that are so thin and tall that, like, I'm trying to figure out sizes around here. Leave me alone. Oh, my God. And I'm on the Target site, and because, you know, because they, because the website has more stuff, obviously, than the stores, and I can't deal with getting into fights at the stores. The other day, I was in the Target store in Long Island, maybe, like, last month, not the other day. And, and some woman, she took something out of my cart when I didn't look. I was like, what kind of animal are you? She, she's like, oh, I don't know what you're taking. I thought it was, I don't know. I was like, don't act like this was the, the shopping cart of returns that the, the store person is doing. This was my cart. You saw that. Like, I, I can't deal with these fights. The only time I like to fight was in Lowman's, and it was over a good design address. Other than that, I'm not interested in arguing It's the Um. So I'm on the website, and I'm getting the girls, you know, little flip flops and sandals, whatever. Cat and Jack brand. What the flip flops? The twelve ninety nine each. I don't know if I'm getting older or I'm just getting cheap. I don't know, but I felt like twelve ninety nine for flip flops made out of like plastic styrofoam junk. I, I just, I don't know. I just didn't feel like that was even even worthy of the pro- <laughs> the price. Maybe I'm so used to going in Old Navy for the three ninety nine specials, but I was like twelve ninety nine why should I be buying these kids Prada flip-flops right now? Why can't I take their ass to Old Navy, the Dollar Tree, and get them a 99-cent flip-flops like they like they, they they deserve to have at 5 and 6? Really? Really? <laughs> I got them little sandals, you know, pleather. They were like $24.99 each. I'm like, $24.99 for sandals that are going to break in three weeks that are going to give you blisters? Why? Because they have a couple of sequins that you could go back and forth with? This is ridiculous, the prices of these things. So... I got them that. And then I went over to H&M for the kids. And H&M has adorable stuff for kids. If I don't know if you shop there for your kids or if you have nieces or nephews. But they have these little dresses for the girls, little girls. Um, and they go up, I think, to like maybe... 10, 12, 13-year-old girls, whatever. And they're just these cotton little play dresses. They're $4.99. You can't go wrong. They wash well. I love them. I buy them, like, in every color. But anyway, next thing I know, you know, between the Target tally and the H&M tally, I'm looking at, you know, like $400. And then I got this motherfucker telling me that he's about to take off on the JetBlue to St. Lucia. And it's like, why don't you send me a, a, a quick 200 bucks via Venmo? Thank you very much. You live in large over there. Like, I, you know, dude, she needs a break. No, I need a break. I need a break. I need a break from you. But like, he, then then he tells me. He tells me he's like sitting on the plane or something, right? He's like, Elise, Elise. He goes, that you know. I just want to say, my my. My girlfriend went actually, the reason why, oh, oh, I don't know if I, I didn't tell you this part. We were going to go to St. Lucia when we were married. That was one of the trips we were going to take. I mean, we went a lot of places. I'm not complaining. I went all over the world with him. I've also traveled a lot on my own before I got married. I, I used to live in Italy. I lived in Rome. I mean, I, I have been all over, right? I'm not complaining about it at all. But you know how it is when you're in a relationship and sometimes you see a ad on the TV or whatever, and you're like, oh, you know, we're going to go there. Then you start looking at the hotels online at night, you know, doing your hotel porn. And uh, we were going to go to St. Lucia, and that was like a trip we always said we were going to take, and we didn't wind up taking. So, how convenient. The first trip you go on, your first like big, your first big vacation with your new girlfriend is where you're going, where we were going to go. Oh, thank, thanks for that. You, you're such a doll. So... Then he says to me, this is he tells me on the, while he's on the plane. Like, like as if, like as if I could give a fucking, a fucking rat's ass what you're telling me while you're on the plane in the runway at JFK about to take off for your, your luxury honeymoon vacation. I'm in the kitchen. I got a kid that, you know, won't eat the pancakes because there's no chocolate chips in them. And I got another one that's asking me for roasted, roasted bread, aka roasted bread, aka toast. Okay? I, I, and I'm, I got my boss calling me and I'm trying to explain how my, one of my kids is quarantined just because like, I don't even know why. It's not like she's sick. The school's crazy. Anyway, so he's texting me and it, or email me and he goes, I just want to let you know, you know, I, I, I didn't, I'm not going to St. Lucia. I didn't do this trip to like at a spite. Cause you know, I knew we were going to go there. He's like, the reason why, wait for this, wait, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to love this. The reason why we're going there, Elise. Sorry, I had to pick up a Lego, otherwise, I was going to cut my toe open. The reason why we're going there is because, wait, she was there in November, November of 2020, during COVID. And they said if, if she comes back, they'll give her 50% off the hotel. I said, I said, okay. I said, okay. Your girlfriend. Was in Saint Lucia in November of 2020. Then she goes wherever else she goes because she's you know she likes to travel. And you what? She but she fucking need, she needs a she needs a break in April. <laughs> April 21. Bitch needs a break. She needs to go back. She needs to go back to to to, to the West Indies. Get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. I was like literally. She needs no break. Send me the two hundred dollars. God. Venmo me. <sighs> This is what it's like being divorced. It's like, no, you know, I'm not, I'm actually, I'm not, I'm not, I I think I make this clear. I'm not, I'm not, well, it's not even making it clear. I'm really not an angry divorced woman. I'm not, I'm not, but he doesn't give me tons of stuff to get angry about. I have to be honest, but he just annoys me. He just annoys me. But then, you know, you, then you, then you say, Wow, this is why you're divorced, right? This is why you're divorced. But the truth is, nobody's going to be perfect. And it is nice that he's going away with her. And I do secretly wish I was the one going away. I'm totally envious, which I told him. And that's fine. Envy is fine. Envy is good. Um, I made a Greek chicken. That was so good. Oh, my God. It was so good. I, I want to tell you how I make it because how I made it. I read I was reading some recipe. I don't know on the Food Network web, website. I didn't have all the ingredients. And I was like, ah, let me just make it myself. I had a couple of... Uh, Chicken breasts and a couple of chicken breasts that were, uh, all, you know, not on the bone. And I basically uh, all I did was I took out my Dutch oven and I, I, I put a little oil in the pan and I browned the chicken breasts on all sides. I took the chicken breasts out of the pan. I deglazed, you know, out of the Dutch oven. I deglazed the Dutch oven down with some uh, white wine. Scraped up the brown bits, and then I put into the Dutch oven. I put about a half a chopped onion. I cooked it until it was soft, and then I added back the brown chicken, and I put in uh, a quarter cup of red wine vinegar, um, a couple cups of chicken broth, a, about a couple tablespoons of honey, and then two tablespoons of oregano and uh, some uh, dried oregano, and then two tablespoons of dried thyme, salt and pepper. I covered it back, I covered the Dutch oven back up. I cooked it on medium low uh, for about two hours. And I um, and when it was done, it was so delicious. It was like a Greek. It was like a Greek oregano-y, um chicken, and it was pulled. You know, it was like a pulled chicken. So it just, it was just all in pieces. Like you know, it was stringy. It was delicious, and I had had it with rice. By the way, if you do make this, and it gets dry inside the Dutch oven, you know, you have to check it, obviously. I checked it every 20 minutes while it was cooking. And the, the chicken broth, you know, did, it did absorb. So I had to add, I added water. Add, you have to add water as you go uh, to make sure it doesn't dry. But it was delicious. And I had it over some some white rice. And I squeezed a little lemon over it. And, I you know, and of course, because I'm disgusting, I had to put a ton of feta cheese everywhere because, God forbid, I had a meal that wasn't drenched in cheese. Um, it was delicious. It was delicious. Oh, I also put some turmeric in some turmeric because, you know, now I'm all like into these, uh, COVID vitamins things. I'm like, yeah, will throw some turmeric in. I heard it's a good natural anti-inflammatory. <laughs> so, we, you know, turn the chicken like that orangey yellow color out. And it was good. It was so good. You know, and I don't know about you, but that's what I like about cooking. I like that it's not fussy. You know, baking is fussy. I love, I love to bake. I love anything in the kitchen, you know, like like you girls, I mean, you know, we we love all the things in the kitchen, right? But baking is like you got to pay attention, you got to be exact. You can't be on the phone. You can't be talking to kids while you're baking. I mean, you just can't. You got to be focused. Everything has to be measured. It's physics. It's it's science. But cooking, ah, eh, cooking a dinner, it's like a little bit of this, a little bit, nah. Eh. And and you know what? And if it, if, it, if it doesn't come out right, you could just doctor it up, and and it's fine. I I you know, I it's good, and I love I love these one pot meals. You know, like I love this whole chicken thing, cause like it's just it was like such a meal, or oh, just over the rice, or obviously if I had salad and I felt, or if it felt like losing five pounds, which I should, I I, I should have just had it with lettuce, but with spinach or something, but you know, God forbid. I was reading the uh, real estate section of the Times, and uh, someone bought Jeffrey Epstein's house. You know, he he, which you know, I, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I don't care. How much money Jeffrey Epstein had? I don't care how beautiful of a townhouse he had or uh, any uh, how elaborate, how, how rare. I don't give a shit. I wouldn't buy your townhouse. You couldn't pay me to buy your townhouse. The people that bought his townhouse, I don't know. That place is cursed. That place has bad karma. You just stay away. And you know what? It was probably somebody that is so good at being unemotional, okay, and could separate their emotions. But it's your house. You're gonna live in it. So wait. This, if you don't know it, his house. Let me give you the address. It's a nine. Hold on. Let me just pull it up. Nine East Seventy First Street. Look this up. Nine East. I'm typing it right now. As I'm telling you, it's Nine East Seventy First Street. Okay. It is. Here, here it is. It's coming up for me right now. Right now. Why is my internet so slow? Why is my internet so slow in here? I don't even know. I have. I have like the highest of high speed Wi-Fi. Okay. Look at this house. Look, at, actually, you know what? You've got to look at this. I'm going to tell you the website. The website that just came up, which I saw uh, a few days ago, too, it's habituallychic.luxuring. Don't, I don't know what kind of website this is. But the this townhouse is freaking gorgeous. It is go, it is a gorgeous townhouse. Anyway, and he lived in it. And he was an absolute dog and hoe, you pig. But he sold. He, well, this townhouse was first on the market. Actually, let's play a little game of trivia. How much do you think this townhouse? Well, if you looked at the website, now we just ruined it. But this townhouse, nine e Seventy-first Street. So, if the number is low and you're, it's and it's on the east side of Manhattan. That's so that's it's between Fifth and Madison, which is a very nice part of town to live in. Anything between Fifth and Madison is very very fancy. Okay, that's all I'll say. Nine East Seventy-first Street. This shit was listed originally for. 88 million dollars. 88 million dollars. So it sold. It sold recently and uh, it sold for 51 million. A bargain. A bargain at, at, at 51 million dollars. Jeffrey Epstein's house. Here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I want to know. Well, let me, let me actually say this to you, because if you're driving in your car and you're on your way to work, you might be like, okay, great, Elise. I don't, I'm don't. i not in front of my computer. I don't know what this, this shit looks like. You're just basically saying this Jeffrey Epstein's house over and over again. So let me tell you, the house is, it when it was first built, it was 21,000 square feet on the inside. Then after they renovated it, they renovated it like in the 80s, They it, then they made it 50,000 square feet. It's a 50,000 square foot house. It's nine floors. There's... There's a 15-foot door on this house, okay? And it looks like a church or a school or something. And in 2008, just like in 2008, the the property tax bill of this house, of this house, 7, sorry, 9 East 71st Street was the fourth largest tax bill for a single family residence in Manhattan, in New York City, in New York City, Okay. This fucking house is, could feed all of Ethiopia. Like the the worth, it could could feed, it could feed every fucking person in Russia, like just with the worth of the house. Anyway, so they, they they so the people who bought it, $51 million, they got themselves a nice bargain. Nah, they shaved 30 mil off the thing. Here's what I want to know. What the fuck do you do for a job that you can buy a $51 million house? Really, I, I, you, I know you think that too. I know you wanted that too. You read these things, sometimes you hear these things, you watch it, and you're like, what do these people do for a living? Like, is this oil money? Like, is this oil? Like, why did my family get into that? What were we doing in in every other industry but this? The person who bought it—he's a former Goldman Sachs executive. So it's like, okay, you're a former Goldman Sachs executive. I work in finance. I, 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 I know, I know some of the, these the, the big dogs. Okay, I know. But what are you? What are you, CEO of Goldman Sachs? The former CEO of Goldman Sachs? What were you former CFO of Goldman Sachs? Because I, what, I gotta look this up. I gotta look it up more. Because I need to know. I need to know. Because you know, not all gold. I mean, gold. You we're, we're making money. You're making money. I get it. I get it. You're big, big wicket at Goldman, but you're not $51 million house. Give me a fucking break. I mean, not even Julia Roberts does a $51 million house. Anyway, the house was built in 1933. It originally was built for one of the uh, people that were heirs to the Macy's fortune, Herbert Strauss, but that's that. Who wants it? Who wants it? But they must have so much money because you have to heat this thing. <laughs> you gotta air condition thing, you have to clean it. I mean, you you know that the wife's not doing any of that shit, or the husband. Of course, they you need a whole staff of people for fifty thousand. It's a fucking movie theater and a shopping mall all in one. Anyway, that's that. I'm over that. I'm over that. Um, also in the Times. There was an article about female role models. And I thought it was so good. I actually saved it. I sometimes I save things that I read in the paper or in a magazine um, and I put them in a folder and I said oh, I'll save it for my daughters when when they're older. But the article was nice. It was just basically talked about how, you know, the w- w- what role models girls need today are people that are works are, are women that are works in progress, you know? And and the role models that girls should have today, or guys, you know, should be people that can show you what's possible. They're they're showing you what's po- They're showing you what's possible. And the article basically talks about how um, we we as a society needs a little bit of an update on what a role model should be. And instead of and instead of having these role models are people who've made it or people. Um, You know, people that have achieved everything and are standing in their driveway of their 50,000 square foot house that cost them $51 million are surrounded by iridescent Lamborghinis. Instead of that kind of viewpoint, right, of a role model, you know, a quick picture of their success or achievement or things, why don't we have role models who are people that are in progress, right, are on their way up or on their way achieving or Pivoting their lives, or trying to do achieve, you know, things that 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 you know they wouldn't normally achieve or go go after. And I love that idea. I love that idea, especially because, um, you know, I mean, my God, you go on Instagram, and as much as like I like, you know, what, like to check out the Instagrams or or TikToks of the celebrities, just like anybody else. Like, I mean, I go on, you know, look on these. If occasionally like a Kim K's Instagram pops up, I look and it's like, great. Another picture of Kim K, like in a $60,000 Adidas sweatsuit with, you know, uh, you know, $40,000 shoes on coming out of a $100,000 car. You know, it's like, it's just like, and she looks flawless and she looks like she's never had a, any ch- children and she looks like she sleeps all day long and, you know, sucks on celery for nourishment. Like a great, great. It does nothing for me. It does nothing for me. And as a mother of young girls, you know, in a few years, my girls are going to be obviously on social media and on all on, up on the web checking out stuff. And what does that even tell them? It tells them nothing. I will say, I mean, the girls going to take she's going trying to try and study to be a lawyer. I hope she's still doing that. That shows something great. Look, she be, she had her, her father big you know big shot attorney, um, you know they grew up with tons of money and whatever and and she became famous because someone leaked a porn video of her, fine. But now, you know, and then she has all the money in the world, but she made something of herself with her social media. And and now, and so she has all the money. She has all the fame. She has everything she can want. She has the kids. But is that really all? No, and then she wants to do, you know, maybe go into law. So that part of it I, I like, and I think that is aspirational for girls, even though people might not like Kim K. I like that kind of angle, but that's not the angle that you see on her Instagram account and stuff, you know? Um, I love this idea. I had, I had two, um, teachers that were big inspirations for me when I was growing up. Um, one of them was a, uh, a teacher in my high school and, uh, her name was Cheryl Soback, Miss Soback. And James, if you're listening, you know her. Um, and she. You know, she—I was the editor of my 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 school uh, poetry magazine, and I had a food column called "Taste Like Butter" and nod to Barbara Streisand. And uh, and she just believed in me. She was like, Elise, you're different. Like you're different, and you're like a little." kooky and quirky, but you just got to own it. You just got to own it and go with it. And, you know, in, in my high school, it was very clicky and, you know, and there was the jocks and the cheerleaders and the popular kids. And there I am, this girl with like this weird friend dresser voice walking around in furry leopard skirt. She sewed herself on her sewing machine because that's her idea of gorgeous. And, uh, you know, and, um, and my teacher, Ms. Sobak, she was a lesbian. Um, and she, I think that she had a partner. And she was really just, like, cool. She was always into, like, you know, the arts and and and, uh, <clears throat> and film and, and poetry. And she just was like, look, Elise, like, just own this shit. Just be whoever you want to be. And she always gave me these little nuggets of <coughs> encouragement. And she kind of did that with lots of people in our high school. She, uh, you know, she was always the... She was the, the teacher, I think, that everybody, all the theater kids went to to kind of, you know, maybe pour their heart out. She was a hard teacher, you know, in terms of the, her classes. She was hard. She was tough on the students. But she was really welcoming and nurturing. And I don't think she has any children or had it. I don't know if she's still alive. I think she is. Of course, I'm sure she is. But uh, I don't I don't think she had any children on her own. But she was just as good of a mother as any, in my eyes. I mean, she, I loved her. She changed my life. And I had another um, role model also, which was uh, the, when I went to St. John's. I went to St. John's for my undergrad, and the dean of the communication school, Debbie Gray, in Staten Island, uh, she recently passed away. And she was also a role model to me. I was, my freshman year, I, I September 11th, my freshman year of um, college, I went to Temple University, and um in Philadelphia, and I was really excited to go, and you know, blah, blah, and I'm there, and my parents, though, had just gotten a divorce, it was a terrible, awful time, and the short version of the story, as I was there for just two weeks, just two weeks living at school, and September 11th happened, and uh, my aunt died, Uh, she was uh, the VP of eSpeed at Cantor Fitzgerald, and and she was like the coolest and the best aunt ever. I mean, she was just the best. And 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 I, and my other aunt, who I was very close with, she lost her apartment during this time because her apartment was like right near the towers. Anyway, um, I wound up moving back home, uh, to Staten Island. Uh, and I wound up going to St. John's University and they took me last second into the school. And even though I wasn't, you know, I don't even know if they, I even got in, you know, I mean, it was like, it was 9-11 happened. And if you were in New York or anywhere in the world, you know, everybody was just helping each other. And where, where I was from in Staten Island, you know, that everybody, there's so many people affected, obviously people that worked in the, um, in the towers, like my aunt Sue, but also, um, you know the, uh, the 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 fire, the the medical people. Anyway, so when I got to St. John's, Dr. Gray, she had a PhD. Debbie Gray, uh, the dean of the school of communications. She was so she was such an inspiration for me. She was a role model. She was inspiring. Of course, my computer's battery's dying right now. I gotta get the charger. She was she was like. Let me take you, little baby bird with broken wing and confused, and just let me let you, you know, start a little newspaper. They didn't have a newspaper. I was like, yeah, I've got a newspaper. Yeah, maybe I could start one. <laughs> like we start. She let me start a newspaper, and uh, and she was like, okay, Elise, what do you want to do? Like I get it. You're ambitious. I get it. You're ambitious. You 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 you're here. You just got here you know, kind of by chance, what do you want to do? And I was like, I was like, I want to be a talk show host. And she was just like, okay. And she helped me get me, she helped me get all these internships. And I really, and she allowed me to see that going to St. John's, I was living at home, commuting uh, to school when I really wanted to be living away at school. She allowed me to see that commuting at school was that of to school in New York was actually an amazing thing because I had access to all of the big companies in Manhattan and internships. And I could just spend time walking around the city and find myself, whatever the hell that means. And again, another role model, non-traditional woman. um, Very cool, very supportive. And, uh, you know, it's funny, like my role models, these two women in my life, both were obviously, I met in education and they, we never talked about material things and, 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 and money and, Status and any of that. They were like career role models, if that makes sense. I don't know. But I, I love this idea of a role model having someone, a work in progress. And you know, that could be anybody. That could be anybody. I just love it. I love it. Anyway, so, um, okay, let's talk about this. Let's, please, let's talk about this product of the week. I found a gem, an absolute gem. If you do come see me on May 15th in New Jersey or on stage, you will probably see me wearing them because I love them so much. I was in DSW. And I found them on Amazon, by the way, which where you could get them. I was in DSW, and I saw this pair of espadrilles, and I love espadrilles, but they're always so damn high, don't you think? So this pair of espadrille wedges, little ankle strap, and I was like, these are cute. And I look at the brands, and it was White Mountain, and I was like, this is a grandma brand. And then I was like, you know what? Not so bad because Easy Spirit. I mean, they're comfortable, right? Like whatever. So, I uh, and they were this cute espadrilles, right? They're little ankle strap, closed toe, the heels maybe like three inches. I, they were like thirty nine dollars. I was like, these are mine. I love them, and um, and I and I've been wearing them, and I've been wearing them on stage because they are so comfortable. And now listen, I really like to be on stage and sneakers or a flat shoe. You know what I'm saying? But it's nice to have a little height, so then it makes me look a little leaner. Anyway, I got them in black, and they have the the, the you know the straw, whatever the hell it is, Espadrille wedge. I went on Amazon, and I found them on Amazon, but. For just thirty dollars, so like ten dollars cheaper, and they come in other colors. So I just ordered the other colors. They come in black, white, and silver. They're what the brand is White Mountain. And they're called the White Mamba Espadril Sandal. Mamba, M-A-M-B-A. They are so comfortable. Like the toe cap, it is a little small. It's not small like toe cleavage, 1988 88 Elvira style. But it's, it's, it's a little small, the toe cap. So if you have a wide foot, I mean, it might spill over. But it's Amazon, so you can return it. But they are so cute. And the silver is like a really... Bright, cool, silver, you know, it's like a canvas, you know, so it's it's not like pleather, so your foot's sweating and disgusting. Totally recommend. 31 bucks. You can't go wrong. And I just gave you the best recommendation ever for them. I'm telling you, they are so comfortable. You're going to live in these shoes. I love them. And White Mountain, I mean, really, you should send me a free pair because not only did I just buy three of your shoes, I'm also hawking them on my podcast, which has now 13,500 monthly listeners, which is just incredible. To me, because it's just me sitting in my living room, wearing pants with a hole in them and my Gap tank top, drinking a glass (laughs) glass of water. Which, by the way, my daughter my daughter said to me earlier today, I couldn't. They were like, mommy you have a bottle of water." I'm like, "Bottle of water? I didn't even know what a bottle of water was when I was your age." I said to my daughter, "I said, you know what? When I was young." I, I, I thought bottles of water were disgusting. Like, I couldn't understand why nobody was carrying... Why everybody wasn't even carrying around a can of soda. Like, I, bottles of water didn't interest me at all. And now you're asking me for a bottle of water? Like, no. How about get a glass and put it in the fridge like the rest of us, okay? Or the sink. Actually, this is where my water came from today. It's like it's like hot, actually. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. It's hot. Bottled water. Can you imagine five years old asking for bottled water? I'll give you bottled water. Okay? No. You're getting... I... Buy bottled water, and then I save the bottle and refill it, okay? Okay? I told her. I said, no, little miss. Get your water. Give me a sippy cup, and you get in your water like that. Bottled water. Had it. St. <laughs> Lucia, anyone? I mean, really. <laughs> we'll, have a, we'll have a great time. <laughs> Quote of the day. If you're offered a seat on a rocket ship, don't ask what seat. Just get on Sheryl Sandberg. That's it for today's episode, baby. Episode 61. I am not going to post another episode. I'm not going to do 62 this week. That'll be for next week because um I did just post um uh, two new episodes a few days ago because I was a little behind schedule with everything. But this is the episode for this week, episode 61. As always, thank you for listening. Stay tuned to my TikTok or my Instagram. I'm going to post, or and I should say both, um, I'm going to post some dates. May 20th, I'll be in New Jersey at this restaurant. May 15th, I'll be at the Mount Sound NJ Pack. If you want to come see me, it'll be super fun. And then uh, stuff later out in the year in Staten Island um, uh, at the St. George Theater and whatnot. But as always, thank you Thank you for listening. I appreciate you uh, always if you want to leave me a review on Apple Podcasts, that helps me book more shows. Um I really I really do uh I really do love doing this and it's almost like therapy for me. I mean, and by the way, can I just say, I mean, I know I need to like wrap this shit up. My boyfriend's been blowing up my phone. All right, relax. You're going go nowhere, please, guy. But it's like, you know, My girlfriends and I, we, I haven't even seen my girlfriends. We haven't, I haven't, my girlfriends and we haven't seen each other in like a year. My girlfriend's from Staten Island because everybody's so damn busy with the homeschooling and, and their own jobs and their own families. And, and, you know, obviously COVID. So this podcast is just, you know, to be honest, it just makes me feel like I have some friends which is amazing because I call my friends sometimes and they're like, Elise, you're calling me at 10 p.m. when you're walking home from a show, I'm sleeping. And then sometimes I'll call them at 7 a.m. And then, you know, and they're sleeping. So our schedules are all, all, uh, we're all verklempt over here. So this podcast just means so much to me. And I really appreciate you guys listening. That's it for today's episode, episode 61. I'm Elise DeLucci and I will talk to you soon. Bye-bye.